0: on the top, oh, oh, okay, okay. Oh, drop that, uh, yeah, feel the funk,
1: y'all, yeah, feel the funk, oh, y'all, uh, oh, yeah, it laid back in the oh, cut, oh, what's up, what's up, from alpha to omega, VHS to beta, PlayStation to Sega, my skill is still greater, the sickest thing since BD, wicked like WG, with my life crooked like the left finger on ET, please believe me this Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone out there in internet land, welcome to Sends and Suffers Podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley, and today we've got a treat for you. So I don't know if you guys have been following, but there has been a big issue with racist root names happening, and I want to introduce Melissa, who has been at the forefront of this battle. Melissa took the time to explain to me about how we can use the internet with like Mountain Project and what's out there in the real world, these racist root names, and we can create a platform that allows us to call these things out and makes climbing a more inclusive place for all intersectionalities. Blew my mind. another thing that blew my mind is the shadiness that went on, but I'm gonna let y'all tell me how shady it really was. I'm just going to let you kind of tell people who you are, where you're from, what do you do, and uh, how, what is your association with adventure, whether it be rock climbing, hiking, what do you do?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm Melissa. Um, So I live in Boulder, Colorado, land of Arapaho, and I am 28. I'm a full-time web developer. I focus on front-end development and design, Um, and I've recently specialized myself within the realm of web accessibility universal design, looking at how we can access the web, um, in a multitude of ways. Um, and as far as like the scope of event, adventure, I mostly climb. Okay. So I love to sport climb and Boulder. And that's kind of what I spend All my right. time doing.
1: So you guys were climbing right before this. What were you on? I'm sorry. You guys were climbing right before you and I met up, right? Mm-hmm. In Boulder Canyon. Where were you guys climbing or what were you guys working on?
0: Oh man. Uh we were we, we had to bushwhack our way to a crag called the Retirement Crag. Okay. Um and we were just sport climbing these short routes. There were there were these Slab like five eights and with Boulder Canyon, it's it's five eight, but it's like scary five eight. So nice, nice. (laughs) So yeah, I'm always trying to get my lead head to be better. I feel like I can always improve there. Um so I'm I'm trying to get better at Boulder Canyon.
1: Why do you feel like your lead head, why do why do you feel like you need to work on your lead head? Is it kind of like you have like a lot of thoughts going on when things are happening?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I I personally struggle with a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I think the way that I see rock climbing um is that I I, I love the sport. Like for me it's like the problem-solving part of it, moving your body and the community as well, but um it's also this very direct way that I work with my anxiety. Um so when I lead climb, of course, like I I overthink on a lot of things. I mm-hmm. overthink about how I can get injured. And so for me like I I particularly fixate on how I can get my lead head to be better every time, because I feel like in some way that's me working directly with my anxiety. So
1: fair enough. And then you, so you guys are on some crazy friction slab today. Yeah. I've never been to that particular uh, crag right there. I've, I've climbed the Boulder Canyon a lot, but that particular one, I haven't been to. So is it like super run out or is it just kind of dicey?
0: It's just dicey. A lot of footwork. I'm really bad with my footwork. Um, I used to weightlift and pole dance a lot before I rock climb. So a lot of it was upper body focus and I don't trust my feet. So I have a lot to learn as far as how to apply my feet on friction slab. Uh, (laughs) Do you ever climb in the gym? I do. Yeah
1: don't avoid the slabby
0: oh. <laughs>
1: volume boulders.
0: I'm scared all of those. I do avoid those.
1: Yeah. Don't avoid those. Uh, the ones that you think you see people doing the skippity skip yep. and this hoppity yep. hop thing. Yep. No,
0: that's why. that's why I'm like, all right, no, that's you not for me. Go,
1: those will teach you how to use your feet. They're terrible.
0: I know you're right. I know you're right. I just avoid it. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Are you a big reader? I mostly lead, read a lot of articles um, and not so much on books. I'm a really slow reader. So. I,
1: I am too. I mean, literally <laughs> I have, I think like a 200 page book and it took me like a month and a half to read it. You should look into a book called With Winning in Mind. Okay. It really is. It talks about a lot about the process and really kind of separating yourself from what you're doing and really focusing on the process of what you're doing. Okay. And then that I find um, you know, just like you being a web developer, I think you maybe. and correct me if I'm wrong, if this doesn't happen in your job, but yeah. you know, I'm sure there are like, okay, there is a process of things that I need to do in order to make this thing happen. Yep. And I might not like these things, but if I just put my head down and I kind of focus on getting into this zone and mm-hmm. I can just focus on the process of getting these things done, mm-hmm. they get done pretty fast.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, that's so correct. Like for me again, going back to like my, my anxiety, like Um, the way that I cope with it is that I hyper-focus on one thing and I hyper-focus on the next step. And so with web development, with coding, that's pretty much how I get through these big processes is just thinking about it, like what you were saying, like a Mm -hmm. process standpoint and just, you know, think about it step by step. So, yeah, that sounds like a really cool book.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With winning in mind, I'll definitely send you a link to it. But it's it's I would love to say I found discovered the book on my own. But uh, my boss, Kyle Clint Stales, recommended the book to me and it fundamentally changed the way I approach rock climbing and it fundamentally changed the way I coach my kids and manage my team. Okay, so it's a
0: yeah.
1: It's a very, 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 Please very. Please do. Very, 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 very I would love
0: book. to. I would yeah, love yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, okay,
1: I'm gonna like take off the coaching hat and put back on the <laughs> podcast host hat because I can't help but like flip that one back and forth. It's
0: okay. It's fine. Um, no, I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: So cool. So I'm super excited that you are taking the opportunity to share your day with me.
0: I'm excited as well.
1: <laughs> and we met last night mm-hmm. at a small little gathering. Of black and brown beautiful faces men and women and we just had an opportunity to talk about our experiences in the outdoors what's going on how we think the future is coming it's kind of just like an all-encompassing talk and then it was also as my buddy devin likes to say it was just the gathering of the justice league or the gather- <laughs> or a gathering or gathering of black and brown minds and just kind of hearing what's going on i was very excited to hear your thoughts and what we were talking about in that circle last night but before we kind of like kind of segue into that. Um, when I was Insta stalking you on Instagram, which everyone does it and act like you don't. Yes. If you're listening to this, everyone Insta stalks. It's a thing. <laughs> I sheepishly have to admit, I knew a little bit about the whole Mountain Project thing. Mountain Project basically took the idea of, I'm oh, sorry, yeah, I took the idea of Mountain Project or how that whole thing works. So I'm going to go ahead and assume some of my listenership doesn't know the backstory of that. And I'm actually would really like to hear about how you are working to make that more inclusive and more diverse with your new version or new product that you're, that you're bringing to market.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How far back do you want to go? I just I listen, <laughs> I mean,
1: It's time to educate people. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. So actually um, I believe it was in, it was during color the crag, actually, that I've been thinking a lot about root names and uh, specifically with like an article that Melanin Basecamp and Brown Girls Climb shared about sexist root names, but they didn't cover racist root names Mm -hmm. and transphobic and homophobic root names and ableist Mm -hmm. root names. And so at the time um, I was looking at my own project and just throwing into the search box just some very like overt things that I would assume that would be very inappropriate to apply in a root name that are, you know, racist. And it didn't take long to basically find a list of of those root names. Mm-hmm. And for me, like I was a pretty new web developer, but the proximity of my skills and what I could bring to the table and what Mountain Project is, it was really hard to ignore. So I was telling you earlier mm-hmm. about some of the ways that I Think big is just a hyper focus on one thing, um, because when you think about it, all of it is this is part of this larger system, like systemic racism, for example. So I felt compelled to basically put together my thoughts and my skills to create a proposal that would put a button on Mountain Project that would allow people to flag a, a root name and for us to gather data around that. So, within the, this process, I created a prototype. I made code for it. I paid people to user test it, bearing in age and race and ability, and basically had put together this 12 page document that walked through what is the code? What is the intention? Looking at this from an accessibility standpoint, because at that point I, I was just starting to focus a lot of my work on web accessibility mm-hmm. um, and design. How do we make, how do we ethically make a flagging button within Mountain Project that could open the floodgates as far as um, changing a lot of these, these root names that are really problematic? So, because currently there's not an, at that time, there's not an accessible way to do that. You have to like look at the first ascensionist, stalk this person online, try to find their contact and hopefully they're open to changing the root name.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that's pretty problematic considering These people have a lot of history. It's maybe the Pearson who put up the route is no longer with us anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's like in living memory in their minds. So yeah, I can only imagine the amount of pushback that you guys are getting.
0: Right, right. And how do we disturb that? Um, How do we disrupt that hierarchy that we're currently seeing? So I made this document. I gave it to Brown Girls Climb and Melanin Basecamp telling them, hey, just to let you know, you inspired this. And after I like left Color of the Crag, I felt like I really needed to to have something tangible for it. And Brown Gross Climb was really stoked about it, and basically got a number of affinity communities to come together and signed it and back it. And that was the moment where I realized that okay, I'm not just in an isolation here. Like other other communities um, wanted to invest in this idea, even though it's just one button and one form.
1: It's a thing now. This has definitely turned into a full blown thing. Yeah, which is awesome.
0: <laughs> Yeah, um, so we uh, presented the proposal in in December. Mm-hmm. Mountain Project was owned by REI, and so to me, it was interesting that REI put out a lot of these videos on covering color the crag and like the for all initiative. Like they must hate the fact that you know their logo is present within Mountain Project under a racist root name. Like, do you think that's, they were
1: even aware of it?
0: I, I think they were too large to even. I think they knew that it was an issue. I think they were too large and too intimidated by what they thought was this very like niche problem within the climbing community.
1: That's so funny to me. If you are an outdoor adventure company, mm-hmm. your niche is your main market. Mm-hmm. I would assume, but also at the same time, I'm like not surprised that they just totally missed that or there wasn't someone or there wasn't like a diverse. Think tank in a room somewhere where they're just like, "Hey, let's like, let's just like brainstorm and think tank about everything that we have going on." But I think most people think of diversification or sensitivity or anything like that is just making sure you hire the right person.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, my theory is that REI acquired Mountain Project to gain more legitimacy around more advanced climbers because their brand is seen as this like beginner adventurer. Mm -hmm. kind of brand unfortunately um they get to cherry pick what things that they want out of um say creating this like or acquiring this more niche product oh they don't want to deal with the with the oppressive root names they just want to get the legitimacy out of it so So do
1: they no longer own mountain project anymore They no longer own it oh yeah so who owns it now so
0: so um so basically whenever um Mountain Project uh, or uh, REI-owned Mountain Project, we came with them or I came with them with that proposal and I was in a video call with them with the Adventure Projects team, which is an umbrella of the Mountain Project um, uh, products and an REI representative. And actually during this call, Adventure Projects didn't realize that they were on video camera. They left their video camera on. And as we were talking, they were making these kind of inappropriate gestures of either to wrap up the call or anytime I was talking, they would mute themselves and they would talk to each other and you could tell that they were displeased. And my main objective within that conversation is just to ask, do you want to take this this suggestion or not? Do you want to put this one button in their form or not? And Ari, I chose to fixate on their diversity coalition idea that they wanted to sell to me which was so esoteric the way that they were explaining it. And I have, I felt really small in that discussion because I had to keep asking questions that I felt like were really insignificant. Like where does this proposal fit into all of this? And why am I even in this conversation?
1: So they came to the table wanting to sell you, not even really wanting to listen to what you had to say.
0: Right. That's what that felt like.
1: Uh, I mean, that's kind of classic and like, uh, I'm trying to think of like how to say this, but like, classic and colonialism imperialism, kind of classic, like, listen, we understand that like what you're talking about might have some relevance, but at the end of the day, you know, and whether they truly understand this comment or not, but I think anybody else listening would understand this from what I hear is their idea was like, listen, we're REI, we're a big company, we're a multimillion dollar company, big boys in the block. What we want to do is we want to help you. But before we help you, you need to help us so we can help you with your initiative that seems like it's actually valid. It actually has some points, but before Mm -hmm. we do that, we're definitely going to like, you have to help us first. And, you know, understandably like tip for tad is how things work. I'm not saying that that's not the way things go, Mm -hmm. but at the same time you initiated this meeting, you initiated all this stuff. Right. And then, so it's kind of assholery to kind of like, just go ahead and try and bait and switch you in the middle of it. Right. Exactly.
0: It's, it's this whole like, power play all of a sudden. Yeah. I, oh, yeah,
1: that's a, It was a power move. Actually, yeah. that's, that's the best definition of it. It was a straight power move.
0: And what was really disheartening about it is that here's the community. It's not just me, Melissa, Melissa, nobody, you know, yes, I'm a Brown woman, but Brown Girls Climb signed on to it. Um, you have LGBTQ plus and indigenous communities signing on to it. And so I'm banging the door telling them like, Hey, this is a community driven solution. And then REI is just like, Oh, like, that's really nice. That's really cute. But what about, what about this thing, this diversity coalition, which in my mind is like, what does that have to do with actually changing things on the ground? Or is it more so like you just want it to look really nice that that's, that's what was so disheartening Uh, about all of that, that entire situation. So, uh,
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. You you were, I quoted this book last night in our big talk, but like, uh, you know, and a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but Magdal Mattis, his book, Call Sign Chaos, it like it talks about like if you're not willing to let someone like it talks about commanders in chief generals and then you have your actual operators or people who are on the ground. And it talks about like so often you hear the commanders in chief at these big meetings or these big things who are halfway around the world. And in REI's perspective, they're halfway around the world from the issue. And they come up with this great, great, great idea and they want to execute it. But what they really don't understand is like what is actually happening on the ground. They're not actually. And in their case, you know, which is really sad probably to say is like they probably actually inadvertently have more troops on the ground than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is like those troops are their customers, but they're not going to engage their customers at that level. They're not going to engage their customers because I don't know, like being in customer service for well over 15 years, like I've Mm -hmm. sold everything from like t thousand dollar TVs, furnitures, the cars, you mm-hmm. name it. Like, like, and sales is my game. So mm-hmm. with that being said, you know, customers want to be engaged. Customers want to be, like customers are so excited. Cause if you buy something from a store and you're like, Hey, would you like to be a part of something? They're like, yeah, that's yep. cool. Yep. And it's, I just find it really ironic that like, you know, you have access to such great resources I don't know, but I'm not in that room. I'm not trying to pick a fight with them or bash them, but I am slapping them across the face a little bit and I don't really (laughs) care. So it's cool. My show, I can do what I want.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh,
1: So they kind of let go of it. They tried to bait and switch you. And now we are here. Who currently owns and operates Mountain project, mountain hike, mountain, whatever, all the things that are mountains.
0: So, so, so quick, quick little insert there. Um, before we, before we move on, um, we actually had a second discussion with them in person at OR where we had representatives from Brown Girls Climb and Access Fund and, um, belay all there present. Um, because I sent the RI representative an email saying, hey, by the way, adventure projects had their video camera on and they had some really inappropriate gestures that I felt like just showed that they had no interest in this whatsoever. And it made me question why I was even there to begin with. So they apologized and they offered to like officially meet. And just to reinforce this whole idea around that they weren't interested in this at all and they were more interested in pushing their agenda, we had all the represent like we had a number of representatives who signed on to this um, proposal. And them like being my advocates, like would as REI was going off talking more about their diversity coalition, would raise their hand, be like, "What does this have to do with Melissa's proposal to put a button on Mountain Project?" And would just get railroaded every time. And so it was just, it was just frustrating. Like that was that continued to be the pattern. But yeah. So after COVID hit, and basically REI. Gave up ownership of Mountain Project. Uh, Mountain Project was then owned, re owned by one of the co founders, um, Nick Wilder. Mm-hmm. And so this happened, I don't remember. Um, I think it was uh, maybe March or April.
1: Okay. That, that, yeah. You know, we can uh, gut check We don't that. need exact dates. It's <laughs> yeah. in, in the world of podcasts, you know, rough dates <laughs> and rough times work really well.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. So, I saw that as an opportunity whenever the ownership changed to bring up this proposal again, because in my mind, I like thought of this, this concept of like, well, Ari, I didn't want to deal with the, I guess the intricacies of the issues around route names in climbing. So I guess Nick would be specialized enough to understand that this is a problem. He's owned this product for 15 years. So like I have an in. We can have a conversation, and it won't be this whole like political game merry-go-round kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we got on a call, and he saw my work, and um, I believe he he might have seen my work actually. Whenever we were trying to hand it off to REI back in in December, but we spoke in July, and we got on a phone call, and he essentially told me that you know like this hasn't fallen on deaf ears. I appreciate you putting all this work in. I'm just letting you know that I am not ready to do this because I need a plan first. And I told him, okay, I get it. I totally get it. It's a little overwhelming I'm to like, it, legit. to let go of all this power and you need to think about it, but I need to ask you, when are you ready to have a tangible solution? Cause you can plan all you want, but I'm, I'm here to provide a tangible solution, which is a button and a form to mm-hmm. your users. And he's like, well, I'll call you back in four to six weeks. Um, Because then that's when we're going to lean on this uh, partner that we're going to announce. And I'm going to lean on them pretty heavily to help me think of a plan and a policy around root names. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. And it was a different conversation. It didn't feel like this whole power play. It didn't feel like this whole like him trying to dominate the conversation, I guess. Although there were some things that um, felt kind of odd, like, for example, he was talking about, well, there's just some things that I wanted to think over, like, what about the intentions of the first ascensionists behind these root names? And are we eliminating their ability to learn from these instances? Like, as you saw in Tense Sleep, like, it was really great that all of them, uh, that these first ascensionists, like, thought about what they did wrong. Do we want to rob them of that opportunity? And I'm, um, you know, and there were a lot of these what ifs, and I was like, whoa. <laughs>
1: um, uh. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and like jump in here. And like, I, I, by no means am I like the most prolific bolter in the world, but I've bolted a couple routes in my time. And yeah. I will tell you this there is nothing that special about the name. Usually the name comes <laughs> from either too much whiskey. Because you're drunk and you're like (laughs) just over this dumb route and you've been working on it. Mm -hmm. Named after the area, named after something relevant to how you got there and how you discovered it. Or last but not least, the thing that mattered and the thing that had the most intention is the route itself. The actual Mm -hmm. movement itself. Like you don't bolt a route because... I think a route should go here, you know, and I'm going to say, I'm speaking for myself. You know, if there are other route developers out there that would love to challenge this, I would love to have this conversation. I would love to talk to you more, but in all reality, you look at a piece of rock, you're like, dude, that thing is good. That rock looks freaking beautiful. I (laughs) generally say that rock looks really sexy. That's just my thing. I'm like, this is some sexy rock. I definitely Mm -hmm. want to get all over Mm -hmm. this. And And then you get up there, you string a rope down and then next thing you know, you kind of start working the moves and all of a sudden you just get into this flow. You find these like sequences, you find this movement that inspires you, that goes. But at the end of the day, you're not thinking like, oh, this inspires me to think, you know, I don't know, what's the most racist thing real quick, you know, chain gang, you know, uh, or you know, or niggas with Swiss cheese, which was Uh. actually my horseshoe hell name, (laughs) niggas with Swiss cheese, Uh because, you know, we making cheddar. (laughs) Not the thing like in my experience now the root name comes from the individual the root name comes from the person mm-hmm. and it's whatever that person finds comical funny or just it's whatever pops in their head mm-hmm. you know now if the whole wall has a name i definitely understand people kind of trying to keep the wall in line but like slavery wall i which i don't know all the names of that but i definitely know slavery wall and i never climbed that slavery wall uh, Great. when I was in 10 sleep years ago, I definitely find a lot of things like that humorous because I choose to laugh at racist behavior. I choose mm-hmm. to laugh at hatred because in my opinion, hatred is stupid and you're dumb.
0: Yeah. And, yeah.
1: but at the same time, I wasn't even going to worry about that. I think the big thing is I find it funny that someone would have the audacity to say, like, I want to protect, you know, the legitimacy of the root or the inspiration of what I made it. That's not the case. The rock yeah. was cool. The movement was cool. Let's sink some bolts in here and let's call it good. And then whatever everybody decides to chuckle about at the bottom, that's where it gets its name. And yeah. so if we're going to talk about the intentions then what we're, the intentions are is we had a lot of misogynistic mm-hmm. assholes, which granted way back in the day, misogyny racist behavior, homophobic behavior, all of that was more widely accepted due to violence or mockery or shame, even if anybody in the group didn't agree with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just this big peer pressure group. But if we're going to talk about like keeping legitimacy and like really talking about like keeping the integrity of the root. So the integrity that you're trying to creep is bunch of just a bunch of assholes, just straight up pricks.
0: Right. Over anything else. Yeah,
1: that's not a thing. So I'm sorry. But like, that's not a thing.
0: Thank you. Gosh. Oh, like, and then that's so, cause I'm not a route developer Yeah, I'm just a recreational climber. Anybody but. can be
1: a route developer, by the way. It's <laughs> not that hard. It really isn't that hard. You just need to find a mentor and someone to walk you through the process.
0: Awesome. I would love to do that someday. We'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there, there was this odd fixation on it, but I just kind of blew it off to the side and for, for a moment can, and was just hopeful that, okay, maybe we're getting somewhere and mm-hmm. this is a different thing. And one day I was just, I don't know, I was just running and I was just, I've been thinking in my head as me and the affinity groups have signed on to this, have been working in the background for months around this proposal. I'm, I'm, I'm a private person. Like I, I like to work in the background. I focus best when I can work in the background, support other people, and just bring in my ideas and my skills. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big social media person. But with all of this uptick in conversation around racist root names, because Black Lives Matter uh, researched up again, and then the topic of um, racist root names came up again, and I was like, okay, people are starting to get interested. Whereas before, there was barely any conversation around it. Mm-hmm. And part of the intent of making this proposal back in November is that people need something tangible to talk about something and they need either a button or to see all these route names kind of listed out to just finally say, okay, this is a problem Mm -hmm. because I can touch it and I can feel it and I can see it. Yeah. And so when everyone started in social media talking about um, route names, I was like, well, you know what, like, yes, I've been working in the background. Yes. I don't really like putting myself in social media out there, but I am a professional. I'm a professional designer and developer, and I've been studying um, accessible technology and what it means to actually be inclusive when you're talking about user experience. And with something like flagging a route name, as simple as that sounds, for a lot of users, you you need to really make sure that it's not when you say that it's accessible, that the code actually is, and that you make a user experience that helps lift the burden off of them. And it's because it's not fun to see a like violent language. I know some people cope with it differently, whether that's laughing it off. But if you feel like that there is access to changing that and you want to empower yourself, you want to make sure that you as a software developer and designer welcome that and you cater to that and you provide them transparency and you give them the space to explain why that's problematic. So at that time, I wanted to put my proposal out there in public to, to see, to show and to share the knowledge and be like, hey, I'm a professional. If Mount Project all of, a, all of a sudden decides to just slap on a button, then we have a standard to hold ourselves up to. We don't just say, oh, nice button. Awesome. Because I've also seen like, you know, for example, the Rock and Ice article where there are these moments, there's a lot of white guilt involved. And so- um a lot of white people will just throw themselves into conversations POC black people will then have to do damage control in order to to correct that very public mistake and spend a lot of emotional energy around it mm-hmm. but what if we ahead of time have that standard and understand what is right okay. and are able to lead that conversation okay so that's that was the motivation behind putting it in social media and just saying hey this thing exists that's cool so the day that I did that was the same day that mountain project release their flagging feature without my knowledge
1: oh yeah talk about shady McShaderson. i hope you guys are enjoying this podcast i know i am listening to it again wow but another thing that's wow is our new sticker of the month club every month i will be sending out everyone that is on our sticker of the month club a full set of the previous episodes of Stickers so you get to see my guests, their face, and my face with my guests. And we'll throw a couple extra gifts in there. If you guys are interested in joining, check us out on the Instagram link bio or just go to sinsandsuffers.com, hit podcast, and you'll see how you can sign up. It is $5 a month and that gets you access to all the cool swag that you really want and a couple gifts every once in a while. I hope you guys sign up. But I have one more thing I want to share with you. All right, guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about a company that has supported me since day one, Beyond Clothing. They make clothing and systems designed for anywhere in the world. And I do mean anywhere in this beautiful globe that we live in. Their clothing is designed for men and women. And I encourage you to go to Beyond Clothing and check them out. Use the promo code Always Ready. save yourself a little bit of coin, and the rest of the proceeds definitely go out to helping this podcast. But I cannot tell you what makes their clothing so good. You have real people supporting you. Small business giving you an impeccable big business product. So take a moment to go to Beyond Clothing. They'll get you beyond any endeavor.
0: Yeah. Wow. A lot was happening that one day because a lot of people then started seeing my Proposal, and we're sharing it. There were professional climbers sharing it, and then all of a sudden, um Nick Wilder announced this flagging feature, and so I had to respond to that on the same day and like there was just so many things happening all at once and It was ironic because part of my um message in that post was that let's get ahead of the curve. This is what's possible. I'm speaking as a professional and I've done some research on it and just to let you know, Mountain Project has seen this since. December.
1: Nice job being shady. Really like, I'm going to give you a score. I'm going to give you a solid 10. <laughs> Actually, we're going to go spinal tap here. We're going to give you an 11 solid 11. I'm really proud of you.
0: Gosh. Yeah. And all of that, again, I'm a private person. So it was just cognitive overload at that point.
1: Were you angry?
0: I was a lot of things. Okay.
1: You were all the things. Okay. I just want to make sure that was in there because like, yeah. Watching you talk about this, watching your whole body language change, watching your facial expression change. Like, and you know, you've mentioned that you're a private person. Like I definitely, and I, it's funny, like, okay, switching hats again, back to coach. Yeah. Um, But like, I always tell my kids, I'm like, the way you feel is valid and you have to, you have to validate those feelings and you have to relish in those feelings. And I know this is going to sound super, 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 super stupid, but. I'll never forget watching the TV trashy TV show lost. Oh. And there was a scene <laughs> uh-huh. and there were the doctor, whoever he was. Uh, he talked about, you know, cause he wasn't a doctor anymore because of whatever reason, but he was like, you know, now what I do is I give myself five seconds or 10 seconds. And I let that fear, I let that anger, I let that thing just embellish me. Like it just, fully takes my over body. It's like, Mm. I am a different, I might as well be, you know, covered in paint or a different person. Mm. You fully let it go. And I say that to my kids all the time. I'm like, you have to embrace this because if you try, if you try to hold down the feeling, it's like trying to hold down a massive Mm. dog that doesn't want to be held down. It's going to fight you and keep on going. But if you just back up and let the process work its way through you, Mm -hmm. I think what you find is you actually have more power and what turns into something that you think is like chagrimming you, what turns into, it actually turns into your power and it actually turns into the motivating factor and the drive that will then help you, you know, you know, just fuck shit up.
0: Yeah. Gosh, I wish I learned that so much sooner because at some point I, I did let my anger out. I, I was just in, in, in in this apartment by myself and, I just pretended that Nick was in front of me. And this is going to sound very strange. No,
1: no, no, this is not a strange thing. This is actually a thing. This is actually a thing. Like that's like manifesting the, manifesting the thing that is in front of you is a thing.
0: Yeah. So I pretended he was, he's, Where you're sitting right now and we're sitting in a couch and like, let's go for it. Yeah.
1: No, seriously. Let's go for it. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I mean, if you're okay with it, long as you're okay. I understand this is a very private matter. So like, let's just be real with this. And Nick, if you're listening to this, then, then I, uh, this is a black favor to you. I'm going to pretend to be you and you can listen to what needed (laughs) to be said to you. And then we can talk about it later. So moving on. So I am Nick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I, yeah, I guess. I just, I just pretended he was on the other side Mm -hmm. and I literally just let everything out unfiltered, the pain, the anger, everything. And I was sobbing, I was crying and I was yelling because at that point it was such clear theft and it was such, it was not just theft, but the part that hurt the most was the appropriation of it because there's this thing that you've worked on for so long with so much intention and feedback from the community that you put money into as well and it got twisted into this weapon that basically was just uplift and being like look at me like i made this button and i'm you know this is going to solve the problem when there's no comprehension around the 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 harm that it can cause the the it, like the lack of thoroughness around it and how obvious that it was just going to fail And I think the other part that hurt the most and that I was just, just kept yelling about was that we've been working in the background for so long. We've been playing by the rules. We've been going to these meetings, just sitting down and shutting up as they were talking about these diversity coalitions. And the only time that I felt seen was the time that my work got stolen and appropriated. Classic. And it felt so fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the only time you see me is when you're going to take my work and never even tell me about it. Oh, yeah. So, um,
1: so just yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and just <laughs> play devil's advocate here, you know. And I have no idea what he would say or anything. I'm not Nick, I'm not you. You know, you showed me your work, it doesn't mean I have to work with you. So, what would you be your response? Like, I can take and I can do what I want with it. It's my business, it's my company you did it on your own volition. This is, but this is my company. So I'm going to go ahead and do it.
0: Who are you doing it for? Good question. Because it's not for BIPOC. It's not for the people who you think are going to benefit from that button. Who are you really doing it for?
1: I wouldn't be able to answer that, but my guess, just me being me, no longer being Nick, but just taking a gathering of my brain, it would be like, I'm doing it because it needs to be done because obviously this is an issue and I just want to get it done with and I want to move on past this. So yeah, I just put it up there. So yeah, we're done. So now can we move on?
0: Oh, good for you. I'm like, I'm so glad like you can put yourself on the back and then move on with your day because the rest of us aren't. And that's, that's the most fucked up part of one of the most fucked up parts of it is that cool. You can rest at night and feel like you're done, and it's not I, I I didn't give that proposal to make Nick feel good about himself. I gave that proposal to him because we needed to do a job, and we have a moral obligation as people who are technical and have you know this knowledge and power to to create this program to create this software to make it accessible and to to me we have this moral obligation to dismantle the the physical or non-physical things that we see in the world and live in in the physical world and pull all of that down in the digital world freedom of information and freedom to rewrite what that narrative is and i don't i don't think a lot of people think about that when they think about web development design and content strategy
1: No, I don't think they do at all. I know I didn't not until this conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd be honest with you. I think I even mentioned this before. Like I was very, very confused on how one could really bring like that level of diversity, that level of inclusion and really bring all that onto a digital form. Cause as an end user, Mm -hmm. I I can't even begin to imagine really what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not even going to begin to think about it like in my way. Cause like, I just don't, I don't see that. So we've established that this is a classic land grab situation. This is like, you know, they took something that didn't belong to them. Uh, you know, people will argue with imperialism all they want. I understand that they claim over war is war. You take the victory takes the spoils. However, you know, you can argue with me all you want on that, but promises are made and promises were never kept. And that's really what we're talking about here, you know? Right. So where are we now?
0: Oof, where are we now? Yeah. So I guess a public statement was given from Nick to address this whole thing. Um, I wouldn't even call it an apology.
1: Nice. So I will look that up and make sure that is put in the show notes if it's transcribed or anything like that.
0: Yeah. And essentially it was saying, you know, I've. I've owned my own project for 15 years and starting in July, we were already, before I was in conversations with Melissa, we were talking about putting a flagging button um, and that this, this isn't a new thing. And we applied these flagging buttons to the comments and to the forum posts, which I'm like, well, nice job there because it's still pretty a toxic place. And by the way, 15 years, 15 years. And you woke up to this whole situation in July. Okay. Like, like there's that disconnect. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's real ironic. It's real. there's a lot of irony in this situation. For right sure, now. for yeah. sure.
0: Um at this point, I've decided to no longer at least at my my best ability to no longer provide my energy to my own project in any way. Because for me, that was a moment to reflect back on a lot of my internal racism and to draw a line between how much energy do I put to recommend solutions to these people in power mm-hmm. and how much of it is me actually seeking approval from them
1: oh oh that's deep
0: yeah and oh. i was getting to a point where i was seeing my own project getting it right with my flagging button as approval and success and winning and when maybe that is not the goal
1: trump says we're good at winning
0: <laughs> t45
1: And to quote T forty five, no one wins like America. We win because we're winners.
0: Oh yeah, we're (laughs) going
1: to win so much that we're going to get tired of winning.
0: We're just going to get so tired. Oh, Oh, I feel that tiredness right now.
1: (laughs) I don't want to win anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So right now, um, I'm I'm bringing together a group of developers, designers, people with um, industry experience, legal people, um, even in art history, within the, the indigenous community. That's awesome to come together. And just start a blank slate. What does it look like to create a guidebook app where we centralize the voices of marginalized communities? What does that even look like? So, um, yeah, we're going to have our second meeting actually tomorrow. Nice. And right now we're just in the um, gathering, like the information gathering stage. And hopefully what will come out of it is a full-blown document with a budget, a proposal, wireframes, designs, intent, And um, level of effort. So we can see where we can start from all this.
1: That's awesome. And I'm very excited for this. And I'm very excited to hear. I'm too. (laughs) To see how this is going to come through. So you are still putting everything together with your team. Yeah. My next question would be, and I understand this might be a little premature, but for anyone listening who would like to help in any capacity, like what is the first step? Or what is the first thoughts that they should be having having? And or, you know, yeah, what is that thing? Like how what is the first thing that we could do to start like helping
0: you? To oh, for this brand yeah. new app? Yeah. Really? Oh. So I'm gonna preface it with this. Um, first of all, it's a privilege to be able to innovate and to imagine a world that is completely different. Amen. Um it, because you have to feel financially secure, emotionally, mentally secure. And that is that's if we're going to create an app, we have to create it with a lot of intention. and that's why we spend a lot of time talking about intent before we even get into the technology part of it. And so a lot of the like the questions that I ask is, you know, what does climbing look like to you? Without the gaze of white supremacy, and without without any of this um, already pre set up, mm-hmm. and so that's it. Like not even anything technical. The technical part is probably the easiest, to be oh, quite honest. Okay. It is understanding the intent and how we can redefine, um, reimagine a whole different radical reality is the hard part. And I think in these meetings, what I try to accomplish as a facilitator. Is just to ask the right questions and provide the space for that because it is so scarce. A lot of people in these conversations, we're stuck in this. We were talking about this um, earlier in our conversation. We're stuck in this reactive mode where we're responding to white supremacy. Not just that, but we are under the weight of oppression and disparities and the systemic oppression of it. So we don't have time to innovate. We don't even have time to think about a different reality.
1: No, when you're in survival mode, you don't think about this at all. Yeah. If you have to think about a roof over your head, you're not okay. thinking about the next thing.
0: For sure. But like,
1: so when you are subconsciously always concerned with how people are going to perceive you in a room that you can't always truly be yourself or ex- or maybe you are yourself, but you are, but your ideas and your thoughts are always very reserved. Mm-hmm. You're never thinking about this at all. Like you're constantly in this state of like, I need to process this. I need to process the environment okay. that I'm in. And that's just how it works. You know, I've always in my life, I've always played the long game. That's like mm-hmm. just my philosophy. I don't have the privilege or the luxury of playing a short game. I just don't. I always have to think about like, let's try to think five moves ahead. I can make sure I'm in a good position so I don't anger these people. I don't make yeah. these people upset. I don't alienate from these people because at the end of the day, like whether I want to work with these people or not, I have to, I don't get a choice because the resources are not made available to me or the resources are not going to be given to me to make available to me. Right. And, uh, you know, or even if I deserve them or earn them or even if I've worked for them, mm-hmm. problem is it's just, it's just in this particular scope of what we're talking about, it's just not available. Yeah. And so yeah, that luxury of thinking that way is not available. And that sucks. And it's, that's just the reality of being black and brown in America.
0: Right. For sure. For sure. So yeah, I guess the biggest way to help is like with the time and the space and and, in these discussions where I'm trying to play as facilitator and I can't uplift all of those traumas in in an hour and a half at all, but at least I can say, you know, these are our cultural norms. Like I value everyone's opinions and thoughts and everyone's um, thoughts are very valid. Help me reimagine this world. What does that look like when you don't have to worry about not angering People or because you're interconnected, um, that you have to worry about if they lash out at you or hate you. What are the repercussions later? That's the beauty of of I think creating online experiences is that it's so easy to change that dialogue. Yeah. One example is like the the button that I created, for example the the text on it says "flag for inappropriate content" and in red and just the word "flag for inappropriate content" as opposed to just like buried down in this like menu drop down that Mountain Project currently does. When you see that word as you're scanning through the page, inappropriate content, it actually just shifts your brain and makes you think about, okay, what about this is inappropriate?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, if yeah. it's the first thing you see, it sets the tone. Yeah. I mean, it's very much, it's like first impressions, very right. much so. Right. Like you're the first few seconds really set the tone of how you're going to meet. Everyone has taught this, like your first impression is your most important, mm-hmm. it's like YouTube videos or any kind of content. like. Anyone who's listening to this point is invested, but anyone who's not, they popped out within 15 seconds of us talking. <laughs> Goodbye. So long. Bye. didn't want you to hear anyone. Bye. Uh, I hope that
0: answers your question though. No, it does. It yeah. does.
1: You know, and I, I'll be honest with you, this is a lot for, even for me to unpack and I've had the privilege for the last few years of being in the room when these conversations happen a lot and then only within the past maybe a year have I decided to actually start having a voice in the conversation. And then obviously during, uh, you know, the horrific, you know, public lynching, yeah. then I started speaking up more. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people might say like, you know, now you're talking because you can, you know, that, well, you're right. I can. Okay. So you know, fuck you. Um, uh, but it's been an issue and it's not, had this, this whole thing has been a non-issue. And I think what we're really trying to boil down here is like the intent behind what you're doing matters. And I think, you know, I'm not going to bash on REI or bash on mountain project anymore. I think, you know, you guys do that by yourselves. I think really what needs to happen is, is just like, why don't people take a step back and play this like they play a game of chess because we have to think five to eight moves ahead. Mm-hmm. And this is not a tip for tat. This is not a conversation. This is a thought experiment where I think if you step back and take the thought experiment in the premise of like, if I was this person, what would be my response to this? Okay. This is their response. Well, this is going to be my response. Then, what would their response be? And just just play the game of tit to put it, like in your mind. Just do the thought experiment. Yeah. And I think if you allow the echo chamber to run, I think people would actually come to the table with much more compassion. They come to the table with much more ability to be able to empathize, and most importantly, you'll be more prepared to create fast, effective solutions because. You know, correct me if I'm wrong when I say this, but ultimately anybody in a position of power right now that that has something that marginalizes or offends or hurts or doesn't or just makes black and brown people in America not want to be involved. You want to rip the bandaid off and get this over with fast. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm gonna go ahead and say that absolutely. We we would like this to be over with very quickly. Like we're very much on board with this idea, but we're not on board with this idea. You just trying to rip the bandaid off the way you've always ripped it for the last you know 200 years. Like it just doesn't work, you know. And I think we have to boil back down to this country is built on systemic practices that hold people groups down, or a bare minimum. Shows people groups that you have a certain lane to stay in and those lanes have glass ceilings and you need to stay there. So with that being said, you know, take a moment to just run through the echo chamber. And if you don't know how to do it, just find someone and, you know, come with humility and wholeheartedness and just be like, Hey, I want to run through this echo chamber with you. I think you'd be amazed how much faster we could get shit
0: done. The humility part is a, such a large part of that. Oh Yeah. And I think that in this process with trying to talk to Mountain Project or REI, like that, that just felt like the theme, the the lack of humility and dignity. Oh, yeah. That, that is such a underestimated part of the conversation.
1: This is heavy. I like heavy things. You power lift, so you know what I'm talking about. You lift weights.
0: You girl. You girl. I just I'm just a nobody, so No, no,
1: no. You're definitely a somebody. Like, listen, nobody is a nobody. Like, that's that's not a thing. Like you are a somebody. And I think the thing is you need to walk in who you are and what you are. And even if you are unsure of who and what you are, you walk in that strength. Because, you know. Uh, This is going to sound really fucked up to say this, but like ignorance is bliss. Like if you don't know and you're still walking in power and authority, you're going to figure it out. But I would rather you walk as a strong brown woman and maybe be a little uncertain (laughs) than walk in a manner where people think they can take advantage of you because that's not okay. Right. And that's just, that's not what we're here for. For We're not born for that. We were born for great things, you know. And if we're going to get a little biblical here, we are all made in the image of God. We're all Christ-like. We're all massively powerful people. Yes. That's what we're born to be. You know, sadly say in America, you have the idea. It's what life, liberty, and justice, or however this goes, but life is first, but we're not supposed to get the rest. So, but times are changing.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Thank you so much for letting me into a little bit of your life. So if people want to find you online or just get in contact with you, what is the best way to do this?
0: Uh, Oh man. Uh, (laughs) Email. Email is best. I get really intimidated by unread messages in Instagram. So
1: that's fair. (laughs) What is your email address?
0: um, um, as in Mike, A-F-U-T-O-M-O at gmail.com.
1: Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This was definitely a little raw. Uh, I'm definitely going to let you know, like no, no punches were held back on this one. And our intention was not to, uh, to create a fight. Our intention was to be honest. Our intention was to be vulnerable. And our intention was to let you guys be a fly on the wall in a very private, but passionate conversation that we want to share publicly. So thank you guys for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Sends and Suppers podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. This episode was raw. You get robbed, you get disrespected, and just because you think your screen is off doesn't mean it's off, so you might want to check that if you're going to be a little shady from time to time. I would love to hear what you guys think of this episode and all the previous episodes. Please remember to join our Sticker of the Month Club, and special thanks to Alana, who made this month's sticker Please check her out at Please Shut Up 77 on Instagram. Her work is awesome. And Alana, I look forward to seeing you at the next climbing competition. Better bring it. Okay, okay, oh. Drop that.